If you're like many of us, the holiday season might have left you with a bit of extra debt, but the Sharp Mortgage Team is here to help. I recently discovered the incredible work they're doing to help folks consolidate their holiday debt through smart refinancing. They're turning financial stress into financial freedom. Managing debt can be overwhelming, but the Sharp Mortgage Team makes the process a breeze. Their experienced team understands the ins and outs of the mortgage world and is dedicated to finding solutions that work for you. Imagine having one manageable monthly payment instead of juggling multiple bills. The Sharp Mortgage Team can make that a reality. Plus, they're not just about numbers. They genuinely care about your financial well-being. So if you're ready to kick that holiday debt to the curb and start the new year on a financially strong note, reach out to the Sharp Mortgage Team today. Visit their website, sharpmortgageteam.com. That's sharp with an E at the end, sharpmortgageteam.com, or give them a call. Don't miss this chance to take control of your finances in 2024. This is the Triad Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. Happy New Year. It is 2024, and we are getting things started with our financial podcast with our certified financial planner. She is Jennifer Johnson with Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. They are a local business right here in the heart of Winston-Salem. Jennifer, this time of year, it's we said, hey, do we kind of, as we were discussing what to talk about on this show, we said, do we kind of go to our normal what are your financial resolutions for 2024? I feel like we can go back and I could just link off to the one we did in 2023 and 2022. (laughs) And it would probably be similar content year after year. I mean, most people's financial resolutions tend to be within the same scope year after year. So we said, all right, well, it's still probably relevant to get into New Year's resolutions from a financial perspective, but we'll, we'll take a little bit of a different spin on it, which is we're going to talk about what are some of the things, the roadblocks and obstacles that typically end up getting in the way of people's financial resolutions. So if you've made something regarding your personal money situation, what are some things that mm-hmm. might end up short-circuiting that? So... Uh, and Jennifer, I think not just with with money, but with New Year's resolutions, I think we all kind of understand that a lot of them tend to to fail. But mm-hmm. I don't know right. if we I don't know if we quite understand the the significance or the the uh, the large number of resolutions that end up going by the mm-hmm. wayside. And so, looking right. at that was kind of staggering, right? Right. That's right. Yeah. We've, and we've talked about this before, you know, one of the top resolutions for people going into the new year is often financial and, you know, you can see all sorts of different surveys. And of course the, the numbers are going to vary a little bit, you know, across different surveys that might be out there depending upon the population, I'm sure. But I think we can all agree that, that most New Year's resolutions, uh, you know, we don't stick with those. Right. I mean, I saw, Surveys as low as sixteen to seventeen percent as the success rate, right, um, across New Year's resolutions. So that's really low, right? Um, and so it, it sparked my thinking. You know, why is that? You know, why are we not successful? And you know, what what is the role of an of an advisor in particular? You know, how can I be more helpful in people that are you know for people that are setting New Year's resolutions if they be financial and to help them stick with it. I, I don't know if you go to a gym 
Adam, but um, but I, I go to the Y's. And boy, the parking lot has been full the last <laughs> week. It, um, we can probably all relate to that. I mean, if you do any classes, you better sign up, right? Because those yeah. classes are going to be really full. Um, it's just amazing to see that, which is, it's good in a way, right? I mean, it's, you obviously want to start the year off right, but but we all know that those, you know, those memberships, those visits are going to trail off. And I think the same can be said of financial goals. At least that's what we see. And so I thought what it might be interesting for us to do is to really dive into, you know, why why at least related to the financial goals are people not achieving those? And, mm-hmm. you know, how can they set themselves up, you know, for, for a better chance for success there? Yeah. And as we were kind of going through our, our normal pre-show chat, you mentioned some of the things that you'll be mentioned mm. you mentioned some of the things that that you'll talk about in terms of why some of the reasons why these these fail and i i think about your example of of going to the gym and i think it relates really well to to one of them that that stood out when you were talking about them you know i think when when people make a resolution to to get in shape or to go to the gym maybe they're coming off a situation where they haven't been going to the gym. They're, they're working out right. zero. They've been working out zero days a week, right? In November and December. Right. And all of a sudden they make a resolution to say, well, I'm going to go to the gym every day. Right. So you're trying to go from, from zero to 60 immediately right. instead of just saying, okay, well, why don't you just start with going one day or two right. days? Right. You know, right. Let, let's, let's do something that is sustainable if you try to go from zero to 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 five days or six days or seven days a week it's really difficult to maintain that and you had said maybe that 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 also is something that tends to thwart people's resolutions when it comes to their finances right they they have their eyes their eyes get too big their goals are too large Mm -hmm. yeah that's right that's one of the themes we see is that goals are are just too ambitious, right? I think that's a great example of you go from not working out at all to you're working out six to seven days a week. Well, that's going to be hard to sustain, like you said. So, so how does that relate? I think to financial goals. You know, I'm thinking of people that I have met in the past. You know, that this tends to happen early on in a relationship, but you know, somebody might come in pretty common when people get you know closer to retirement let's say they've they've hit kind of a key age you know maybe they're 55 and they've they've sought out financial advice you know maybe for the first time and so I'm meeting with them and the first thing I usually ask them about are, are their goals you know what's important to you uh, retirement obviously is a big one especially if somebody's you know getting older than 40 45 that tends to to be the focus um, but, I, you know, definitely sat with folks that said, you know, I want to, um, you know, I, I want to retire by 65 and I'll, I want to pay off my house, right, or pay off all my debts, you know, and, and the house being the big one. And, you know, I'll look at it and be like, oh, my goodness, you know, that is 
very ambitious, right? Because with the homes in particular, you know, as rates came down and we're obviously been in a different environment in the last 18 months or so, but as rates have come down, you know, people would refi their mortgages. And so they would, they would tend to still have a mortgage, you know, have a lot of years on their mortgage and would come in because maybe they had read something or it's just a, an idea they always had in their mind with, I've got to, I've got to be completely out of debt and I want to retire. And a lot of times they're a bit undersaved for retirement too. So I start to look at that and realize, whoo, you know, there is just not enough income, you know, coming in because, you know, you can, you can do the math on what it would take to say, pay off a mortgage that was scheduled to be paid off in 25 years and pay it off in 10. But, I'm, you know, if you do that, there may not be enough money to save. Right? right. So like, so you realize, wow, there's really these, you know, conflicting goals um, and or, you know, I want to help my child pay off these their student debt before I retire. And, you know, sometimes you just look at those goals and realize, you know, wow, you know, I know right away that's going to be ambitious. But I, I've, I wonder if there's not a lot of people out there like this is going to be the year I'm going to pay off my house, you know, or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to I'm going to save X dollars and just realize, wow, that's just it's just uh, the math doesn't work, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So so what would be, you know, I, I, I work a lot in sports and, and the sports cliche is try to be try to get 1% better every day, right. you know, and, and right. I almost think like, it's okay to set a small goal as long as it's a goal that puts you in a better situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and if you Absolutely. keep, if you keep that mentality and you build upon that every day, every week, every month, every year, you're always going to be moving in the right direction. So wh right. what's a, what's a good example of, okay. You, you mentioned paying off a mortgage, Right. What's a good example of saying, okay, instead of your goal this year being to pay off your mortgage, what's a what's a better, more realistic goal to have related? To yeah, like yeah. If it's, I think if it's debt related, like we've talked about before, you know, it may not be the mortgage that's the problem. It may be credit cards or other things, right? So, you know, I might say to those those folks, don't worry about your mortgage right now. Let's work on this consumer debt, right? Or this work on this car. Mm -hmm. um, if they don't have those and they're just really anxious to pay off the house, you know, we might say, well, if you've only been used to making your minimum payment, right? You probably can't double it, right? But let's say you put, we could, we could do some calculations and say, okay, let's figure out, um, you know, if you paid an extra $200 a month towards your mortgage, it would take off X years, something of that nature, where it's a much more attainable goal because I think you're, just like the gym, that's a great example of you set this goal to go six or seven days a week and then three to four weeks in, you're exhausted, right? And you just realize you don't have time to go seven days a week. You can't mm -hmm. make it work. You know, you get a cold or something and then now you're completely off track. If you if you set this goal, you're going to double your mortgage payment and then you realize, shoot, I need new tires. So-and-so's got to get new glasses. You get You start to realize... Well, I can't do that. It doesn't mean you can't do anything. I think where you're headed is the right is the right direction is to figure out what's what's an attainable goal, right? So what what could we do that's more realistic so people don't get, you know, so discouraged? Yeah. 
And, you know, another thing that people might make for their resolution is I'm going to cut out sugar this year or, right. you know, and right. it's like, okay, well, that's, that's a great resolution to shout from the mm-hmm. mountaintops, right. but, <laughs> but let's say if you were eating dessert five days a week after dinner, right. okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to only eat dessert three days a week. That's right. That's my, yeah. that's my resolution. That's right. That's like, a good that's, example. I think that's an achievable goal, yeah. and it, and it I, still yeah. gets you to a better place. So that's right. Yeah, I think when we set these like really drastic goals, and then donuts show up, you know, in the <laughs> in the break room, and you have one, then you're like, oh, you know, it's you like, feel like it's a over. Failure. Yeah, you yeah, feel like a right. It's over, right? I mean, and so it's and so I think that's we're on the right track there with with what's what's a, a sort of a uh, in moderation kind of goal, like something that's, you know, that's reasonable. And, and I think also, you know, something that you were talking around this, but another point is something that we can quantify that we can measure, right. Um, you know, s- some sort of goal, like, you know, if it's in, and it's easier, I think with, with debt, you know, cause you can, you can definitely measure that most financial goals, you know, you can measure, but, um, one of the things I think is challenging for people is they'll, you know, say, I, you know, I want to retire. Well, part of the, the the role we play as your advisor is to help you figure out what does that what does that mean, right? Like, what what's the math of that? You know, what income would you need if you retired? Um, <clears throat> right now, what does it look like you could you would have? And is that you know is that going to be workable? So as opposed to just saying, well you know, I want to retire or I want to send my kid to college, you know, well, that's a big difference if your kid's going to hot point versus app state. Right. Right. Um, You know, do you want to put some parameters around that? If you don't, what does that mean? Um, Especially if you're like us, we have multiple kids. Right. right? So like some of those things where, you know, people say, well, I want to pay for every, I want to pay for every penny of their college. And then I also want to do this, this and this. And you realize, Ooh, you know, there's, there's some, some, there's some math there. There's some, some just quantifiable limitations, Yeah. you know, that we need yeah. to work through. This time of year, people like to make plans for what they want to accomplish. Maybe your focus in 2024 is buying, selling, or investing in real estate. Maybe it's purchasing your first home or building wealth for your family. Whatever your goals are, the agents at the Ginther Group can help. It's never too early to begin working with Blake Ginther and his team, who have been a trusted resource to the Triad community since 2010. To reach Blake and his team at The Ginther Group, just visit theginthergroup.com or give them a call, 336-283-8689. Am I going to be in the right ballpark if I say a, a realistic expectation for someone when when you talk about retirement right we're we're on that mm-hmm. topic right now so instead right. of somebody saying this year i'm going to i'm going to save for retirement or right. you know i think about it from the standpoint of right now i'm on track according to to my last conversation with my financial advisor i'm currently on track to retire at the age of 65 What's the what's wrong with making a goal, a New Year's resolution of saying, by the time that I talk with my financial advisor at the end of 2024, I want to be on track to retire by the time I'm 63. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's you know? right. Yeah, I think that, that's reasonable. Yeah. I, I, I like a maybe a 
I don't know if bad goal is the right way. That feels like the wrong way to say it. But to say you're going to go from 65 to 55 all right. of a sudden, right? Like you're like, ooh, you know, and then we start to really try to figure that out. And that's when I crush your dreams, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> where you come in and be like, oh, you know, that's going to be tough, you know, for all these reasons. I try to find a nice, you know, gentle way to do it. Um, but that is part of our roles to give because I do think that to your point, like people get discouraged, like they realize when they start to really, they maybe get half the year into it and realize, oh my gosh, you know, that that's just yeah. not, not possible without something really, yeah. you know, really drastic. Right. But think about if somebody had that small goal, that sounds like a small goal to say, I want to shave yeah. a year. I want to shave a year off of my target retirement right. age. If somebody right. had that goal, and they achieve that, they that small goal mm -hmm. for five consecutive years or 10. I mean, think about how that it's like, it's like the compound interest oh, right. thing with saving for right. retirement. If you made that right. goal to say every three years, I want to be able to shave a year off of my target yes. retirement age. And you did that consistently. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, yeah, that, if you have the time, that, that could really people. make a big yeah. difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe um, back to reasonable goals, like, so it might be if somebody like if, liken it to the gym you're not going to the gym at all you know to your point maybe try to go three or four days a week um if you're not saving for retirement you know at all a good goal might be to say well i'm going to start you know i'm going to start putting money in my if you have a 401k opportunity at work or something similar at your job particularly like we've talked about in the past that offers a match you know, say your company's offering a match up to 6%. It's completely hypothetical, obviously, but, and you're not getting all that, right? So you're either not contributing or you're not contributing enough to get the whole match. Instead of, you know, a, a big audacious goal, it might be to say, well, this year I'm going to contribute enough to get the full match, right, mm -hmm. of my company. And so, and for a lot of people, you can do that without it impacting your take-home pay, in a, in a, in a way that it's not sustainable unlike doubling your mortgage or something right. like that, that might not be realistic. And I think where you're headed to Adam is like, so if you, if you d use that same sports analogy, like, okay, every year we're going to do a little bit more, you know, you might set a goal and a lot of times with retirement plans, like 401ks, you can actually automate this where you can, we call it auto escalation mm -hmm. where you go into your plan setup and you say, okay, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to contribute X percent now. And, and next year I'm going to automatically do 1% more. And a lot of times, you know, people with raises, hopefully you're getting, you know, some sort of raise maybe, or making a little more from year to year through commissions or whatever that might be, you know, it, it, there's a good chance you won't even notice that extra 1%, but it does make a big difference down the road, particularly for a younger employee, somebody that's got a long time ahead. S same rationale with, with college savings. You know, that's another big goal, you know, that people have, you know, is to, to save for their child's education. If you're not saving at all, maybe you say, well, I'm going to put $50 a month away for yep. each kid or something yep. like that. Like, so something just to kind of start and, and then make a goal next year, it's going to go to a hundred, you know, that kind of thing where you're you're making continual progress instead of throwing yourself off the deep end. Yeah. Yeah, it's to me it it just sound it it sounds like it's a 
it's an internal struggle of, well, I want to have this big bombastic proclamation of a resolution. Right. But yeah, it's not going to, it's not going to make people say, wow, that's a great goal or wow, that's an awesome resolution. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's way more a attainable if, if you think about it from kind right. of the standpoint that we're talking about. So, so yeah. one of the things that, that people tend to get tripped up on around new year's resolutions is their goals are too big. They're, they're too audacious. Right. Um, and what, what else is, what else could potentially trip somebody up when it comes to their financial resolutions? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a sub point of that is they're not measurable. Like I want to retire, but we don't put any you know, or I want to, I want to pay for my child's education without any parameters. Um, mm -hmm. But I think beyond that probably would be, you know, it's a, it's a, a goal that you, you start, you, you know, you, maybe you write this on your heart, but you don't really tell anyone, you know, that you're doing that, or you, you know, you say at one time, but you don't get any support, uh, social support, I mean. So I think finding that accountability partner, for lack of a better word, it, it, we've seen seen people have success with that you know if it's you know if it's the gym or if it's you know your diet you know it may be something where you get the the blessing or the support you know of a friend group or your family that you guys are going to change the way you're eating or you're going to go to the gym with your you know your significant other i think with financial goals like that's also important you know if you're your, your social network, your family, your friends, um, because we've talked about it before, you know, where people, you know, where their social network a lot, it's maybe going out to dinner a lot, um, mm -hmm. going out to bars, maybe travel too, if you have a group that you travel with. So if you can kind of get caught up in that. So I could imagine if you, you know, if you've set a goal to save so much or spend less on a certain category, if your if your friend group is still behaving the same way, you know that could create, I think, some challenges for folks. Does that make it, sense? It does, and I've I've it's the first I've really heard about an accountability partner or group related to your finances because yeah, it every, most people talk about it's easier to maintain consistency with the gym or a diet if you have somebody who's going through it with you and holding you accountable mm -hmm. and pushing you and making sure that you're not, uh, that you're not losing ground. I think finances can work the same way. It's, it's a different conversation and maybe it's, it's unusual to have that conversation with somebody, but if you're in the similar stage in life and you you have goals of saving for your kid's college or saving for retirement or making sure that you're spending less on certain things, then maybe you do have this person that says, Hey, did you do your, your meal prepping for this week so that you right. aren't going, so that you aren't going out to lunch and dinner as much mm -hmm. every day? Did, did you, Hey, did you bring your coffee mug from home so that you didn't go in across the street and, or pull, go through a drive through and grab a coffee on the way to work? I, right. I think right. you can absolutely do that with, with somebody else. Right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and I think, you know, as we've talked before, you know, eating out is a big challenge, I think, for a lot of people from their budget, because it just becomes so expensive if you do it a lot. If, you know, if that's part of your social network, you know, we talked, I think, about ways to cut that back. Like, you know, if, if you drink alcohol, maybe maybe meet at someone's home before you go out to eat, you know, and mm -hmm. drink at home as opposed to at the restaurant, because that's a high 
margin, high expense item dessert at somebody's house, as opposed to getting dessert at the restaurant or appetizers at the restaurant, you know, things like that. I think that's harder if you're in a group that, you know, that, that doesn't support that, you know, just wants to go out a lot that, you know, always wants to, to, you know, drink at, at dinner. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that per se, but if you're, if you're trying to set a goal to spend less on eating out and your friend group keeps asking you to go eat out, you know, I can see that kind of working in the opposite direction. So I think it'd be great, you know, if you could get the support for, if it relates to your goal, you know, get support of your social network. I think with spouses, I see this as being an item of tension sometimes where couples, you know, maybe one of the couple um, comes up, especially if it's a giant goal, right? Like if you're like, if you said to Nicole, we're going to pay off our house this year, that would probably cause her a little stress, right? Yeah. Like, cause she's going to be like, I don't know how I'm going to feed everybody. You know, if we're, <laughs> you know, if we have to all of a sudden pay off, you know, our mortgage. And so I think most people are that way, right. Where they're, um, you know, if, if you're in a relationship and you're sharing finances and one person's, you know, e- either sets a big goal without consulting the other, you know, I think that could be challenging. And I think, it'd be good to have conversations, you know, with your, with your partner about what your financial goals should be and, you know, get commitment from each other because it really creates a challenge. I think if, you know, if one of the two of you are really committed toward paying for college, for example, and that means you have to eat out less and then they find that other partner continues to eat out at lunch every day, you know, that's going to cause some tension, I think, maybe by about February, right? So that may be where you start to see some of these resolutions, particularly if if you're, again, sharing finances, you got household finances, and then y'all aren't, you know, aren't necessarily on the same page. I think that's one of the things that can really sabotage it. Yeah. And if you if you aren't sharing finances with somebody or your accountability partner in these isn't a a spouse or somebody you live with, it might require, which can often, oftentimes be a, 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 a tricky conversation, but maybe it would be helpful to just whoever is in your social circle that you are trying to achieve the same goals with might require some financial transparency with that person. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think some people are more comfortable with that than others, but right. um I think that, you know, we show that in, in other areas, right? That that's that helps people achieve goals if they've got somebody else they're doing it with. I think mm-hmm. also be a single or a couple, I mean, that's part of the role of of a professional advisor, right? Is to help you kind of stay on track for those goals, right? Is to a lot of times I, I have people say, well, they know if they when they meet with me, if they haven't done X that we talked about last year, you know, they they know that there's sort of an accountability there. Right. And so I think that keeps them, if you have an an outside person that, you know, you're going to, you're going to talk to me annually. And we've talked about you getting life insurance, for example, because you have a young family now and you come back next year and you still haven't gotten life insurance. Like part of that is, um, the role I think of an advisor of to really hold people sort of accountable to the goals that you set. But I think it definitely can be a friend. I mean, I'm thinking about, um, 
I believe this was related to maybe getting up early so you could work out, but uh, there was a, um, a challenge. I think it was like from a friend group to where if, if you didn't get up and text the friend group by a certain time, you had to make a donation to a charity oh. that you hated. Do you remember those? Have you heard of anything heard of like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where if, you know, if we said, well, I'm going to get up at six every day so I can work out. And then if I didn't text by like six Oh five, I would have to make a donation to, you know, some horrible charity. You know, that I didn't, I didn't, I can't think of one right now. But um, or maybe like a rival. Like I would have to, you'd, you'd you know, have to maybe a Tar Heel. Like, yeah, like yeah, your rival I would have schools. To give to, like, exactly, your rival yeah, schools athletic a, fund. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I would have to give to the the Duke University. Um, yeah basketball program or something terrible yeah. like that so like that <laughs> that could be um a way to kind of get that social support because you know you go at it alone um particularly if your goal's ambitious or it's a it, you know behavior change is hard yeah. right i mean that's really what we're talking about in all these areas like it, it when it calls it, when it needs willpower i think that's where it's really tough so i'm like i'm a fan of like anything that has automation like like your 401k that we mentioned yep um you know automated savings plans or extra payments on stuff um you know but also i think you know because it does still require some discipline so i think that's where having maybe another a little bit of a human human element can be helpful i like it i like it so yeah it does require discipline but I think what we're also saying is give yourself some grace and give yourself some room for error um, to where you're not, if, if you slip up once now, all of a sudden your, your, your resolution is gone. I mean, yeah, right. That that, that takes, you're, you're not giving yourself the ability to be human. That's right. That's right. Um, And with finances, sometimes things are out of your control, right? I mean, you know, you could have, uh, a surprise expense, you know, and you had decided you're going to double up on all your payments and then now you can't and now you're completely yeah. derailed. And so, you know, that's, that's where I think it, you know, comes back to setting something reasonable, something you can, you can measure and, you know, getting some support. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Jennifer, any other tips you would give for folks that if they have financial resolutions to, to help them, Maybe maybe a little bit more and raise that raise that percentage from sixteen percent of people who keep their resolutions. Yeah, I, th- I think what we're really saying is like seek some seek some help, right? Like, so I think certainly if folks don't have somebody they can talk to, they can reach out to me. Um, I would say maybe tackle one goal at a time. You know, don't yeah. uh, don't try to get out of debt, save for retirement put enough money away to, to educate your four children, you know, all in a year, like let's start with some baby steps. <laughs> yeah. You know, it might just be like, I'm going to have an emergency fund. You know, I'm going to have three months of our expenses in cash, you know, like that may be the goal for the year and that's enough, you know, so start small, you know, keep it reasonable, uh, you know, check in with your goals, make sure it's something that you can measure and you can check in ideally monthly and get somebody to help you with it. Very good. Very good. And if part of 
people trying to achieve their goals or just get a little bit better with what they're currently doing. If um, if they want to speak to a financial advisor and they want to reach out to you, Jennifer, how can they do so? Yeah, we're local. You can call us. We are at 336-701-1600. You can check us out on our website. We're at 3 Magnolias Financial Advisors. So all spelled out, 3 Magnolias Financial Advisors.com. Or lastly, if you want to email me directly, it's Jennifer at the number 3-Magnolias with an S.com. So any way they want to reach out, I welcome it. All right. And if uh, if you weren't able to write that down while you were listening, the links to call her on the phone or email her are right there in the show notes. So Jennifer, appreciate it. Happy New Year and uh, yes. looking forward to hopefully keeping some resolutions this year. So right. thanks, <laughs> thanks for the time. Absolutely. Thanks, Adam. Securities offered through Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Three Magnolias Financial Advisors. Located at 110 Oakwood Drive, Suite 480, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, 27103. Three Magnolias Financial Advisors and Cetera Advisor Networks are not affiliated. Cetera is under separate ownership from any other named entity. All information is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. All economic economic and performance information is historical and not indicative of future results. The market indices discussed are unmanaged. Additional risks are associated with international investing such as currency fluctuations, political and economic stability, and differences in accounting standards. The views depicted in this material are for information purposes only and not necessarily those of Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC. They should not be considered specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Neither Cetera Advisor Networks, LLC, nor any of its representatives may give legal or tax advice. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode on the Triad Podcast Network. Our mission is simple. Provide information, advice, and stories about the people and places that make the North Carolina Triad such a great place to be. You can find us by searching Triad Podcast Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you like to listen. If you like what you heard and want to support the show and those that contribute, we would truly appreciate a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. It helps spread the word along, as do your shares on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Triad Podcast. To get in touch with us, simply email info at triadpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. This is the Triad Podcast Network.